Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm the heavily medicated Brian Schulmeister. You sound snotty. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that they tell you, but you never really believe about having a kid is you're going to get sick a lot. Yeah, I heard that. But it's not even in school yet. Uh, we go to a thing on Saturdays around other babies and parents that have babies. And ever uh, since we've started that, there's been a lot of snot flying around the house. <laughs> the things they don't tell you in school. Yeah, good times. But uh, yeah, I'm OK. You know, I did the thing last night where uh, I was feeling really, really bad, like to the point where have you ever had like your sinuses start to like actually hurt because of pressure? Yeah. 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 That, that's a good time. Um, so, you know, I was being a typical uh, alpha male and I was like, ah, I'll be fine. I'll have some wine. Who needs medicine? Oh, that was the wrong thing to do. Well, I smartened up and I actually had medicine and went to bed and slept for 12 hours. So, ah, so you should I be, feel better. You should be yes. refreshed and ready to go. Well, yeah, whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we had a bit of follow up because we've talked about it way back in the past. Uh, Alphabet uh, and their balloon based Internet project called Loon. Yes. Project Loon. And then we were discussing something recently. We're like, whatever did happen to that? Because we hadn't heard about it in a while. Well, they've made a big breakthrough and they think it might actually work now. Whoa. What happened? Uh, machine learning. And I applaud them for using machine learning instead of AI. OK. Uh, apparently before they were having issues with figuring out exactly how many balloons were to be needed. Sometimes the estimates were like 300 to 400 to just get one area. They've gotten better with the ability to basically keep the balloons hovering over a certain area instead of just floating freely all the time. So they've been able to cut it down to like instead of 300, we only need 30. So it's actually somewhat feasible in terms of finances. And uh, yeah, they, they seem to think they might be able to roll it out anytime. Uh, I would like to point out that this is apparently the fourth year of developing a project to stick a Wi-Fi router in a goddamn balloon. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's apparently tough. <laughs> apparently it's tough. Yes. Uh, you'd think that there would be an easier way, but. Uh, yeah, you'd think satellite. I don't know. You uh, know, all the sorts of things that we already have. Yeah, well, you know, it's 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 Google. They got money. I'm sorry, it's Alphabet. Alphabet. Yes. And they've got uh, money Mo to burn. Money, yes, to, they do. money to burn. Shall we get to the news? Sure. All right. In the news. Now, let's start the week on some fun news. Okay. <laughs> PewDiePie, PewDiePie, go and shut your face. I, I know. I know nothing about this world. Uh, yes, PewDiePie is the, well, maybe, maybe <laughs> was, is the proper term, biggest star on YouTube, making oodles and oodles of cash. Uh-huh. What exactly did he do? Uh, he went out and, well, he's kind of a closet racist is pretty much what it comes down to, but not so closeted sometimes. Oh, well, it seems like there's a lot of people making money doing that these days. Some he, of them are even president. Yeah, could be. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he could, he should run, you know, but he's from Sweden, so I guess maybe he'd, uh. He can only be a governor here. Ah, okay. Uh, so he would uh, do things like go on Fiverr and uh, <laughs> have people write really anti-Semitic notes. And he, he just he would always say really horrible things and then just go, just kidding. Oh, so it's the Milo Yannakapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapal
they're both pretty much professional trolls, it seems. And uh, they should get together and hook up. They, they look identical. They could be, you know, uh, twins, as far as I can <laughs> okay. tell. But yeah, YouTube uh, canceled his original series. Okay. Uh, Disney has dropped him. And yeah, Disney, uh, Disney, you know, since the 1930s, they've kind of shied away from all the racist stuff. Yeah, go yeah. figure that. <laughs> and uh, Google has dropped him as well from their ad program. Basically, there's just nothing uh, he's done. He's, I, mean, I don't know what he's going to do to make money. Well, he can start his own network and his own website, and he'll probably end up on Breitbart. He's got 52 million subscribers, so it's probably more than Breitbart. Yeah, probably. The one thing that bugged me, though, the Wired article is PewDiePie's fall shows the limits of LOL JK. Well, one of the things that first bugged me about this Wired article was it's like, hey, it pops up one of those things. It's like, hey, we know ad blockers and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I reload the page and then another one pops up over the page saying, hey, thanks for turning off your ad blocker. <laughs> because when I first got there, Wired is not in my ad blocker. I, I took them out. So I, I see all the horrible ads on Wired. Right. Now I see all the horrible popovers that won't let me read what I'm doing because I've done exactly what they told me to do. <laughs> Can't win. No. I mean, we've talked about that in the past. The Internet is basically unusable if you leave off your uh, your ad blockers. It's pretty bad. So, it's pretty bad. Yeah. They end the article and say, uh, the real, the real PewDiePie's party's over will happen when people start clicking unsubscribe and uh, taking away his views and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I would like to point out that this article has like eight of his videos embedded <laughs> in it. So not really practicing what you're preaching there, brother. No, no, definitely not. And apparently the, the Google AdSense has now terminated its relationship with anti-Semitic and Holocaust denying websites after Media Matters criticism. This is, of course, from Media Matters. Ah, yes. I so I think if so. you took off that last sentence, uh, that would probably be the normal headline that you would find anywhere else. So this is a good thing. Uh, we, uh, I believe we talked about this in the news in the past. People were kind of upset because basically using Google AdSense, uh, Holocaust denying websites were able to up themselves. So if you search for the Holocaust, they came up first, <laughs> which is <laughs> SEO. Know, that, yeah. Woo. Good times. Uh, and Google is no longer playing that game as they shouldn't because, uh, you know, this is the whole false news thing that is going to be a. Probably the only thing that we're talking about all year. In the no, I know. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we're going to have to because, you know, that's really all that's going on at this point. We can do so, a little of it. There's I a guess. huge battle on Internet content and, and uh, what is considered free speech. So it should be interesting. Uh, well, uh, speaking of ads, YouTube is going to stop their horrible practice of making you sit through a 30 second ad so you can watch a 15 second clip. Right. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, so next year, of course, they have to wait till next year. Yeah, because uh, I, I bet they've probably sold all these campaigns already and can't don't want to oh, yeah, give the yeah, money no. back. <laughs> That's how the advertising. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 these things are sold for at least a good five to six months ahead of time. So, yeah. So what they're going to do is they're going to get rid of the 30 second pre-roll format and without the skip button, which is good because it's so annoying. Uh, they're still going to have 15 to 20 second ads without yep. the option to skip. But so we're going to get a few seconds back. <laughs> Clawing back our seconds piece by piece. Seriously. Uh, so going back to the fake news thing, Mark Zuckerberg wrote a 6,000 word letter uh, and published it to the Facebook community uh, addressing fake news on Facebook and how to save the world through Facebook. Did you read it? The TLDR is fake news is bad. And <laughs> bad. the best way we're going to solve this is by getting together as a community and using Facebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the my personal favorite headline on this uh, came from Gizmodo. Uh, their headline was Mark Zuckerberg post 6000 word status update about nothing. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, it's a long rambling thing that basically tries to say Facebook is not a news service. Facebook is just this thing that people use and Facebook is a tool and you can make of it what you will. And what we should strive to do is better be better people in our lives and reach out to our communities and continue to use Facebook in such a way that we are more community based and we pay attention and love each other. OK, every single argument he just said is out the window when the news that is given to me is algorithmically driven. Yes. So he really has no legs to stand on with any of his arguments about anything he's doing. I mean, there are interesting conversations to come out of this letter because you do start to understand what Zuckerberg does. He really believe it? Probably not. But it's certainly how he's trying to position what Facebook is. But it isn't it isn't what Facebook is. I mean, it's not. It's not how people are using Facebook. People get their news from Facebook now. End of story. You are a content provider. You are a news source. You are not just a tool that people use. Propaganda book. Exactly. Uh, and the other big news that came out this week that I thought was really funny, and I, again, I will classify this as fake news as well. Every U.S. carrier has suddenly changed their unlimited plan this week. Everybody was getting rid of unlimited plans, which I've been screaming about since day one of this podcast. And now all of a sudden, because Verizon said that they're going to bring it back, uh, everybody is bringing back unlimited plans. I'm doing air quotes here. You'll see why in a second. Yeah, well, team, actually, T-Mobile started started the ball rolling. And then Verizon, T-Mobile? yeah, T-Mobile started okay. in Verizon. They're they're playing one one unlimited upsmanship, going right. back and forth. Yeah, because basically the studies have come out that said there's next to no difference in terms of coverage anymore. They're all about the same. Uh, there's no real difference in quality. They all really suck. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. So it comes down to now pricing and service offerings. Uh, we haven't entirely killed net neutrality yet, so people can't go. Sprint can't go. We'll give you. We'll give you Netflix for free, and then Verizon goes. But we'll give you Spotify for free. We're not quite there yet. We're close. We're, We're very We're very close. close. <laughs> so in the meantime, what they're doing is is they're rolling back uh, and saying that they're having unlimited plans, except they're, they're not, not. <laughs> fucking unlimited. They are not. That is an out and out lie. They're uh, they're throttling after you hit certain certain uh, milestones in terms of bandwidth use. It's a complete and utter lie. And everybody should tweet them all the time saying you're liars, you're liars, you're liars. Well, the thing is, if you go to the like the letter of the law, you can still get unlimited data. You're just going to get it much slower. Right. That's the way that they they, you know, work around the word unlimited. Right. And if the if DWP here said they were giving us unlimited water and after we used the first gallon and flushed our toilet once, we basically had to wait five hours for drip, 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 yeah. drip to <laughs> fill up a gallon. We'd fucking uh, pitchforks pitch would be out. Yep. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, it's not unlimited. No. Liars. <laughs> liar, liar, phone on fire. Uh, Bill Gates is big in the news this week because he's come yes. out saying that uh, since robots are taking the jobs, the robots should pay taxes. If a worker like does $50,000 worth of work and the taxes on that, whatever that equals, uh, then whoever is running the robots should pay the equal amount in taxes. I don't really have a problem with that. I actually there 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 is some sense of logic to that that I enjoy. The the reason this will never fly is the reason that Uber wants to fire people and replace them with robots is they want to make more money. They don't want to just then turn around and have to pay that in taxes. 
Yeah. The nice thing about robots is you don't have to pay for their health care. You don't have to pay. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole thing. And that that's his point is that it's a bigger drain on the system for everybody when everybody has to go pay for their own health care and do all that. And, you know, yep. all, it, it's it's common sense. And we've talked about it before. The, the funny thing now is that Bill Gates is saying and he's come out with his master robot tax plan. But the problem is. You can't really quantify how much uh, work a robot's doing if it's doing, you know, 17 different jobs at different speeds that humans are going to do. I mean, it's 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 kind of hard to quantify. Look, and this has to somehow tie in with the universal basic income that we've talked about. There should be some sort of I get a flat robot tax. I don't know what we're going to do. But I mean, like Bill Gates said, and, you know, this is where I get upset about the process of headlines and and things like that. Uh, Sure. Bill Gates wants to tax robots is kind of what he was talking about. But the key sentence uh, in this thing is. Here's what he said. People should be figuring it out. It is really bad if people overall have more fear about what innovation is going to do than they have enthusiasm. That means they won't shape it for positive things it can do. So basically, he's floating an idea but saying, we got to sort something out. Yeah. And I agree. We're at that tipping point where – I mean all the studies are basically saying we're going to lose tens of millions of jobs in the next five years. And we have nothing to replace them with and people are going to get screwed. Big well, here, here's the funny part about that is, you know, if you run the I'm not a, I'm no economist, but yeah, we, you know, there might be factories pumping out, you know, new goods made by robots. But if the people don't have any money to buy them, what's the yeah. point? Yeah. Well, I mean, at some point, yeah, you're up your own ass and you're screwed. So you can't sell anything to anybody because nobody has a job. Uh, we got to we got to sort this out. I don't mind the idea of a robot tax. Uh, you know, who who the hell knows how that would actually work? But yeah, I agree. People need to start talking about it. People weren't even talking about universal basic income until I feel like last year. And then some economists are going, uh, hey, everybody, we got to start at least talking about this. Same thing with what we're going to do with robots. Well, they're doing it in the EU. Yes. And they're they're calling for new robot laws and uh, ethical frameworks for development and deployment uh, and the establishment of liability for the actions of robots, including self-driving cars. But they did shoot down a robot tax on owners to fund support for retraining of workers that uh, were put out of jobs by the robots. They said, no, we're not going to do it. Yes, said the Frankfurt-based International Federation of Robots. (laughs) Robotics. Robotics. The IFR believes that the idea to introduce a robot tax would have a very negative impact on competitiveness and employment. Whose side are you on, Frankfurt-based International Federation of Robotics? It sounds like Bill Gates is on the side of humans and you're on the side (laughs) of robots, damn it. Yeah, that's not really a nonpartisan federation name there. No, it's really not. Um, you know, I, and just, you know, as an aside, it sounds like this, this, this is going to be complicated. I think there's going to be more than three laws of robotics. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be well over three. We're probably Asimov did not have space to put in the three million laws of robotics. Uh, law number four, thou must pay 20 percent. <laughs> thou must tivy. I saw this on TechCrunch and I was scratching my head because I'm like, what is this? And uh, it's an article about Richard Hammond talking about his startup called drive tribe what do you mean this is the first you've heard of it because ever since the the uh new top gear (laughs) which is what i'm going to continue to call it forever ever since the grand tour launch i like them on facebook and i follow them on twitter basically anytime a show premieres they basically blast social media with with pushes to drive tribe Oh, see, I I have no desire or reason to follow a television show's Facebook or well, if you want Twitter. to discuss let's discuss the show with them after the show, go to Drive Tribe and pay them money. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. They've got twelve million bucks in funding, which is insane. Uh, and I went to the site. I went to go check it out, 
And uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's WordPress, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's, well, it's, it's Pinterest for cars is what it basically right, is. Right. And it it's, does one of those things that drives me nuts. It's an infinite scroller. Yep. So there's no footer links anywhere, but there's yep. also no links in the header. So there's no about, there is no support. There's only a join in a join in a search. That's it. That's all you can do there. So I don't even know what the hell the site is, except a bunch of blocks with things about cars in it. That tells you exactly what the site is, Jason. Keep it simple, stupid on the navigation. There's one button. Give us money. Oh, my God. The Snapchatification of the web is here. <sighs> yeah. Speaking of driving, though, let's talk about Uber for a second. Oh, no. See, that's not me. I did not put these. Actually, I had all these links. Jason just beat me to it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. CEO Jeff Jones did a Q&A on Facebook and answered, answered basically nothing that anybody asked him and just sent them a bunch of links and cut it short and ran out of the room. Well, this this has gone about as well as uh, any of the senators and, and uh, yeah, the, the, town House, the House representatives doing town halls at the moment who think that the, you know, their people are going to show, a, show up to blow crystal dust up their ass and instead they get the angry neighbors with pitchforks. This is exactly what happened. A bunch of drivers showed up to say, hey, we know you want to fire us. What are you going to do for us? Yep. <laughs> no answers. Uh, yeah. One of them uh, said, the only thing you made clear to the majority of us is that you don't have any productive answers. You made it crystal clear that Uber does not care about its drivers. Way to go, Jeff Jones. Yep. Well, we've been telling you that for three years now. So, <laughs> uh, And in other news, an ex-Uber CEO, David Plouffe, <laughs> he, <laughs> he got busted by the Chicago, uh, Chicago City's Board of Ethics for basically uh, emailing Rahm Emanuel and asking him to do a bunch of stuff. Without actually saying that he was a lobbyist. He didn't register for lobbyist status. I was not aware that one had to register. Apparently one does. So oh. you must you must have your lobbyist hat on before you can put send send your email. I'd like to uh, blow some people, some investigative reporters over to Miralago and see how many of those people are registered as lobbyists. Yeah, no doubt. Do they uh, fill out that paperwork for you when you buy your $200,000 a year uh, buy-in for that? Yeah, well, that's a different story altogether. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they got uh Uber got busted for yeah, 90 grand and they said they oh, they work nothing. they work hard to ensure our registrations are accurate and up to date. We regret in this instance in this instance we made a mistake and we will comply with the board's assessment. But here's the rub. They contested the fine and said it should have only been $1000. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Yeah, but Rahm Emanuel at least came out and said the ethics board did exactly what it was supposed to do. Oh, good. And and, and David Fluff should actually he should have known better anyways. He was Barack Obama's former campaign manager. It's not like he's not aware of these sorts of uh, loops and hoops that you have to get through. So right. But he, so, I mean, yeah. he probably thought Rom's a buddy, so he doesn't have to go through that process. Well, uh, guess you do. Uh, butter emails. See, here's the thing. Uber just sucks at getting licenses and filling out paperwork. They just can't fill out paperwork. They, they have no one there with a pen. So somebody get get you get a uh, Uber a pen. I think they need to retrain all their drivers to become uh, basically like a court court notices and things like that. So just process start learning your paperwork. Yeah, become a process server, become a notary. That's that's uh, that's how Uber's going to hire you back. Moving on to your other favorite topic, Airbnb. 
Mm-hmm. They're being sued by a Denver-based landlord because they're saying that Airbnb is helping tenants break its no short-term rental rule. You think? Yeah. And also that they're uh, they're worried about the longer-term residents, their safety and their comfort because, you know, the transients create unsafe conditions for other tenants and they have suffered loss of income, property damage, nuisance and disturbance. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is Airbnb's business model. That Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, we have a closet I, I I own in a complex and, you know, it's all they're all owners here. And we have a clause in our in our homeowners association agreement that says we can't do any short term leasing. All right. Uh, and you shouldn't. Uh, it's you know, it's it is messed up. <laughs> so uh, my, my position is clear. Yes, it, it, it's been crystal clear for <laughs> coming on four years now. Yeah. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about Facebook and how people are addicted to it. And, you know, it's everybody's on it on their phone all the time and everybody's on it when they're at their computer at work and yeah, it's on yeah, their yeah. tablets. And now it's also an app available for Apple TV and Amazon Fire, because when you're trying to watch a TV show, why wouldn't you just flip over and look at Facebook instead? You know, at least it'll be it, it's better on your neck. So you're not looking down at your phone. I suppose that's true. Yes, it's lean back technology, not lean in technology, as, uh, ah. as Steve Jobs would say. But it's still shit, and I'm not putting it anywhere near my Apple TV. No, I'm not putting it on any of that either. I do not need to watch that already. And isn't everybody like sitting and watching TV with their cell phone anyways in their hand? That seems to be the thing. So yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't understand the point, but uh, good on them. Well, my, my phone's in my hand when I have my Apple TV because their remote sucks so bad. So I use my phone as my remote. <laughs> Yeah, that's I do that as well. We have been looking into recently ways to control our entire TV setups with Amazon Alexa. Uh, all of them have crashed and burned horribly thus far. There may be a solution. It ain't cheap. This one's 400 bucks. Yo, it's called Cavo. And uh, according to Recode, it's a stealth company. I don't know what that is. Hey, well, it's not that stealth if it's on Recode. <laughs> this is true. Uh, a stealth company. It was founded by some of the guys that were involved with the the Sling Media, the who made the Sling Box, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting looking device. I don't know if you've looked at it yet. Uh, in in the article, it's retro. It's it's like wood grain with silver knobs. I'm not entirely sure how many people that's going to appeal to. Hipsters. Hipsters, I get. Well, yeah, 400 bucks is a, what they call premium but approachable. I call super goddamn expensive. <laughs> Lots of skinny jeans for three, $3.99. Yeah, the idea is that you basically plug everything into this. Uh, it's got Ethernet port, two USB ports, power port, uh, IR extension cable. You're spo- And then you're just supposed to basically pl- you can plug in your Roku, your Apple TV, your Fire TV, your cable box, everything through there. And it takes over and becomes a master interface that allows you to control all of it directly through the one master interface. And then supposedly it also works with Alexa. But anytime anybody says it works with Alexa, I just assume it means you can turn it on and off and that's about it. So, yeah. And that's one of the things I haven't even been able to get that to do. So, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to drop 400 bucks on this to figure out if it works or not, but uh, I'll keep my eye on it. Yeah. I'm still stinging from the the blumpy box or whatever it was. Oh, I have 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it was just like I could have just burned it. For, for the, <laughs> what that thing does. Uh, it still works pretty well for me as a remote. It doesn't work well with Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the downside of trying to pimp your personal stuff online, if you're a celebrity or, you know, even if you're just a, a normal person, just a normal person at home, you you know, we've said since day one, don't take obvious photos of your house and then post you're going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> don't take photos of your rare, you know, baseball card collection <laughs> with your with the address of your house in the background. Uh, Lattice Morissette 
got hit on this, basically. I'd like to state for the record that at one point in time, yes, I did run her social media, but that was a long time ago, and I never would have allowed this to be posted. Uh, she posted an awful lot of photos of very expensive jewelry that she owns, and her house is, unfortunately, a uh, uh, public record out there. Uh, so somebody basically robbed her. Ah, well. <laughs> they, they broke into her house and stole all the jewelry that she posted Instagram pictures of. So she has $2 million worth of jewelry, but not ADT? Apparently not. Okay, well, yeah. Well, you, now you can go be uh, her security expert once she gets her insurance money. And it, there's a case to be made for you to run her social media again. One would think, yes. I would have been like, <laughs> uh, no, let's not post that. Especially yeah. not with the photo of the surf outside. Then you can then triangulate exactly where your house is. Finding the house is probably not the hard part. It was, she probably posted, hey, going to the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So anyways, uh, she's had a, a bit of a rough financial two years. I yeah, suppose. no doubt. <laughs> Oh, well, Pornhub has launched an online sex education center because no one else is doing it. Yeah, I heard this was going around for a while, but uh... look, I, I have a degree of respect for Pornhub as as a company. First off, they always do funny things they do, around elections, around holidays, etc. They're always doing something hilarious. Uh, and hey, they, they've now they've launched a center dedicated to educating people about sexuality and sexual health because of the poor standards of sex and relationship education that are out there. Because everybody's learning everything from watching porn. <laughs> so <laughs> here, here, here's our here's our sex education center. Go have sex and turn off Pornhub. Go learn how to do it. That would be helpful. So they say the free site will feature original editorial content on an assortment of topics from an array of esteemed doctors, therapists, community leaders, and experts. And unlike many sex ed resources online, all the contributors to the site are actual qualified medical experts. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Chinese drone maker Ehang, or mm -hmm. Ehang, which is a penis enlargement company for your iPhone. Uh -huh. They're providing Dubai with the world's first self-flying taxis this summer. Yeah, I saw this. Did you watch the video? Yes, I watched the video. Ain't no way I'm getting in that damn thing. What could possibly go wrong? Considering that the blades are at knee level as you're getting into it. And this guy was like stepping into it while the blades were still running. Oh, this thing. No, it, honestly, if you're you have to go to the show notes, uh, GOG.show slash 197 and uh, click on the link and watch the video because this thing is terrifying it is terrifying uh let's put yeah the blades down below is is frightening yeah um yeah yeah no not in a million years would i get in this thing and the one thing it could probably uh use which i didn't see anywhere because it probably takes up weight and they don't want to have that would be a parachute yeah i didn't see anything like that either and related uh chinese want to kill us all news a power company in china has uh developed a drone that spews fire yeah, it looks great. I want one. Yeah, yeah. what could go wrong with this, Jason? The, the idea, this is a power company that uh, wants to get all the trash hanging from them because apparently that's a huge problem in China. Uh, so these uh, these terrifying drones that uh, basically have a flamethrower attached to them have been developed to go around and burn trash off of off of wires. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, these these power lines must be seriously insulated. Like, don't they burn the power lines as well? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, hmm. So what you got to do is you got to you got to take your old Converse and make some thermite shoelaces and throw those over the wire. So when the drone comes by to, to burn the shoes down, it catches the thermite on fire and then cuts the high voltage wire in half. Yeah, that shoe barber's got nothing on that. Security? Ha! 
We're doing this one old school this week. Sadly, Dave Bittner could not join us because they decided to cut down a bunch of trees in my yard on Friday when we usually do our show. And there was uh, just a little bit too much noise. So sadly, Dave will have to uh, join us next week and tell us about the RSA conference, which I'm dying to hear about. I'm sure he'll have lots of news. Yep. But uh, definitely still check out the CyberWire podcast. Links will be in the show notes. There's a great article on uh, Krebs on security, which I just I I love for uh, just a couple little things here. He's always, you know, roaming the dark web, trying to find (laughs) uh, find different places where you can buy nefarious goods and uh, data. Well, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, he found a particular shop, which he won't name because he doesn't want to give them any press. Good on you. Wish uh, some people like Wired would do that every now and again when they're talking about people they don't like. And they they found uh, raw W-2 tax form data on more than 3,600 Americans, virtually all of whom reside in Florida. Oh, okay. A bunch of retirees, probably. Most likely. Yeah, the data has employer name, ta- or yeah, taxpayer's employer name, employer ID address, taxpayer address, social security number, and information about their uh, wages and taxes withheld. Now, here's the great part. Each W-2 costs the Bitcoin equivalent of between four and 20 bucks. Okay. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's that's nothing. That is nothing. And uh, if you're already good at doing this uh, tax refund scam. This is a bargain. You're losing money if you don't buy it. I know. What a deal. What a deal. Keep an eye on your, your data, people, especially if you're in Florida. Yes. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, SMTP. We use okay. it all the time. Everybody uses it, but nobody knows what it is. Or how to configure it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's basically what runs email for us all. And uh, they are going to be running or rolling out SMTP strict transport security. Okay. On all of the majors, Google, Microsoft, <laughs> Yahoo's not a major anymore. Yeah, uh, I know. Comcast, I don't know if I would call them a major email provider because everybody gets one. Nobody, nobody uses, uses it. it. I've seen like one person that used it. And that was my stepmom until I made her use her, her, her God given email address, which that meaning the one I gave her. So she's all better now, but it should be rolling out later, uh, later this year, which would be a good thing. Cause what it does is it keeps track of the certificate from end to end. So it makes man in the middle attacks much harder, which is kind of what the NSA was doing for a long time with the unencrypted data between the data centers. Remember, remember yep. back in the good old days when the Snowden leaks were all we had to worry about. Oh, yes. So these guys are actually taking an active role to secure everybody's email, which good on you. Good on you. That'd be nice. There was another Yahoo breach this week, but I couldn't find any good numbers on how big it was. Everybody stopped caring. Yeah. It's like you already (laughs) gave away everybody. Who's left? Who's left? There's over a billion people's information out there already. So so what? You got the last five? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. It's the new hires that week or the janitorial (laughs) staff. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, I found a great article on naked security uh, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, called your computer is a cookie that you cannot delete. Okay. A long time ago, we talked about fingerprinting when it came to using the canvas method in JavaScript because you get all sorts of data. And what people were doing then was using your font list. Well, nowadays they get so much more information, even cross browser Cross cookies, you, you, like you don't even need cookies anymore. Yeah, there, it's so easy because there's so much identifying information that is unique to you on your computer that you should just give up. <laughs> you know, right. they give you some some options on how to kind of get around it, but at this point, it's kind of given up the ghost because the browsers are just so open to giving information for every nook and cranny. And as a developer, I I understand why. 
I understand mm. why. It's just these people are using it for nefarious purposes. Right. So I highly recommend reading it. It's a longer article, but it's a really good uh, primer on what it all is, how it works. And uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, which I think our audience might be. You'd think. Mm hmm. The other week, and I'm just going to go with the name Sid because I'm not going to try his last name. Uh, <laughs> this this made the news everywhere. Uh, Sid, who is an employee of NASA's JPL Laboratory uh, here in California, had been on a personal trip to South America pursuing his hobby of racing solar-powered cars because that's what you do when you work for JPL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. So, you know, he's an international traveler, travels all the time, came back home to go back to work at JPL. Flew back from Chile to the airport in Houston, Texas, the George Bush International, and was detained by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol and pressured to give the agents his phone and access pin to his phone, which should be illegal. The phone was issued by NASA. It may have contained sensitive material that wasn't supposed to be shared. Uh, his phone was eventually returned to him after being searched, and he does not know exactly what information officials may have taken from the device. Okay, pro tip, they took it all. Yeah, guaranteed they took it all. So this is a citizen. Natural-born U.S. citizen. Uh, he's also enrolled in the Global Entry Program, which is the same thing that I have also enrolled in. So you've already gone through massive background checks to have expedited entry into the country. Um, I'm guessing the name and uh, face coloring basically led to the idea that we should basically break into this guy's phone. Oh, profiling. Hmm. Go yeah, figure. Yeah, profiling. But this is a citizen. Again, global entry. Uh, he's already been vetted. So, And even if he wasn't, why the hell would I give you access to my phone? That's insane. So this is happening. So some tips. Yeah. Go for it, Jason. Okay. Uh, Wired's got a guide to getting past customs with your digital privacy intact. They give you a couple different things. We'll run through them real quick. Lock down your devices. Make sure all your passwords and stuff are set there. And um, honestly, don't even take your phone with you anymore. Yeah. Seriously, don't. Actually, the, the absolute best bit of advice I've heard about this uh, and how to deal with it now is you buy a burner phone. That's it. Yeah. And, and you take that with you and you leave your phone locked up at home in a fireproof safe. Yeah. They've got a couple <laughs> other ones. Uh, keep password secret. Duh. Uh, phone home. Let them know where you are and where you're going in case uh, your phone gets taken and things like uh, that. Related. Don't post photos of your expensive stuff in your house and then post on Facebook that you're taking a trip. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know all about that one. Or especially don't post on somebody else's phone uh, stuck in customs <laughs> and they, then they can stay longer and take more stuff. True. Uh, make a travel kit with uh, basically the burner phone and stuff like that and deny yourself access, which is the last one, which means change your password. And uh, so you don't know it or, or use like two factor auth, but yeah. set it to a phone that you like leave at home because everybody has multiple phones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rich people problems uh there, there's a there's a, some good stuff in here i would pick and choose on this one because i don't think they're all that great but the best thing you do get a burner phone buy a sim card when you get there and maybe remember some people's phone numbers like we used to do in the old days yeah that's, that would be good so yeah yeah uh related uh life hacker has a privacy enthusiast's guide to using an iphone this isn't specifically for travel this is this ranges from a lot of overlap with that article for people that are super into crazy privacy and are traveling to just the kind of basics of what you should have done in the first place so if you have an iphone go take a look at this um run through the system settings for sure at the very least uh you can get super into it in terms of what you should be using for password managers <clears throat> one password um what you should be using for vpns <clears throat> go to a grumpylgeeks.com um and a bunch <laughs> of other stuff so uh it's it, this is all no no shit sherlock sort of stuff but i guarantee a lot of people don't do it so 
Yeah, it's no shit Sherlock stuff for us, but for most people, yeah, it's not because most people don't travel internationally, so yeah. they wouldn't uh, get caught up in this. But nowadays, if you are going to travel and who knows, maybe nowadays you might just be uh, flying from Chicago to L.A. and they might ask for your phone. Who knows anymore? We we don't know. All the rules are out the window. Yay. Thank <laughs> yeah, God yeah, we're yeah. changing things up. <laughs> Draining that swamp. And in some Android news, people are actually still installing Flash yep. on their Android phones. Flash has not been made by Adobe for Android for five years. How much money you want to bet that Flash is installed on a certain phone that's in Florida right now? Being ah. used by a certain someone. Oh, and I bet there's also a dedicated video player for viewing adult movies, too, which is also uh, the second biggest vector for getting malware on an Android uh, phone. Of co- well, obviously there is. I mean, we've been exhorted to go find the one about that uh, that uh, beauty queen that he swears was in an adult movie, even though she wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, when you when you need a Russian bride, you have to be able to view the videos of, from from there. Uh, you know, that uh, has just that's a no brainer. No brainer. No brainer. So, yeah, if you have an Android phone and you have installed Flash in the last five years, sad, (laughs) please go check it and uninstall it. And I actually just wipe your phone because it's already owned. At the library. Still haven't managed to finish a book, but uh, this time I blame the fact that every time for the past three days I sat down at 930 p.m. to start reading, I woke up at 630 in the morning. And don't remember anything that happened in between that. I may have finished the book. I don't know. (laughs) So so I'm going to continue on and then I'll be ready for next week. But in the meantime, let Jason's Neil Gaiman Suckathon begin. Uh, No, it's a it's a wonderful parade of Neil. His new book, Norse Mythology, is out and it's awesome. I loved it. He retells all of the old stories from the Norse gods and they're fun. It's a really fun read. It's not that long, and I really enjoyed it. I've been waiting for this book for a while. I had it in the queue for a bit and then finally sat down and listened to it, and it was very good. I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. Brian obviously won't. So Nope. I don't, nope. Know, I don't know what you have against the guy, except for his I don't wife. Have, <laughs> I don't have anything against him. I just don't love him the way that you do. Okay. I, I, I like certain books by him, but not all, and I'm definitely not very interested in, in reading about his take on Norse mythology. Okay, well, did you ever read Neverwhere? I did. You didn't like it? That one was a rough one for me. Okay, well, then you'll definitely not like The Seven Sisters, the sequel to Neverwhere, which we've been waiting for for 25 years, which will be coming out soon. (laughs) So, yeah, that's okay. It's good. Yeah, I I like Neil Gaiman sometimes. It's fine. It's no Dune. It's no Dune. I I agree with you there, Jason. It is no Dune. (laughs) Dune. 1742 written by the late descendants of frank herbert now i freely admit that those suck i just there's some it's like i have some sort of geas on me that forces me to read them i don't get it i don't get it either ups and doodads now we were just talking about getting burner phones a few segments ago i found the ultimate burner phone to get because nokia (laughs) nokia is reintroducing the 3310 this is the phone that cannot die. It is the phone that cannot die, which I don't know. I guess the only reason that they would need to reintroduce it is because the SIM cards don't fit anymore, because otherwise I bet all of the old ones still work just fine. They probably do. I'm almost positive. I saw someone using one yesterday. So these are going to be coming out for 62 bucks, hopefully very nice. soon. Um, I'm going to get one just for old time's sake and keep it keep it around. Make this your travel phone, people. Yeah. 
Although I, there are cheaper phones that you can get. This one is just kind of fun. I just like this one. Because if they took this one at customs, I might be kind of sad. The only thing I would install on it is Snake. I love that game on that phone. There, it, it, In the press release, it, it nobody knows if Snake is still going to be installed on it. So we, it, we oh, can it hope. It better be. It better be. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. Amazon this week released Chime, yep. which is a competitor for our loveliest of lovelies, Skype. If you're a podcaster or anybody who's ever used Skype, you know that it's the worst of the worst of the worst. Yep. Unfortunately, we tested Chime this week and yep. uh, yeah, it's terrible too. <laughs> it's actually worse. The The audio quality is much worse than Skype and uh, it's got a long way to go. So for, yep. for a first round app, it's okay. gets the job done. But all in all, though, it was a huge disappointment. That's a drag. Yep. Well, you know what wasn't a disappointment? Fruit juice, Jason. Upon your recommendation, I have purchased fruit juice after using it for uh, for a week for free. Uh-huh. We give you that option. This is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I can't really tell you if it's actually working or doing anything. I'm just going on faith on that one. But hopefully my battery will last a hell of a lot longer. It's a super cool, easy to use interface. It tells you how long you should unplug your, your laptop every day for and then plug it back in. You, you do a maintenance cycle. So it kind of sorts out what's going on. These people, I, I want this. You guys start developing. I want this for my phone. I want this for my iPhone. I want this for my iPad. I want you to help me maintain my batteries there. Well, what we need to do now is we need them to just get bought by Apple and be subsumed. Yes, and become part part of the OS. Yes. Or just have Apple steal it like they did with Flux. Which is probably what will happen to you guys. So sorry about that. But you got my money. I'm supporting you. Yeah, got my money too. I use it uh, every day. Yeah. And uh, yes, I have used it for one hour and 51 minutes today. I've got 21 more minutes to go, but I'm not going to do it while we're in the middle of a show. Yeah, I've got an hour and 20 to go, and I was going to do it in the middle of the show, then I realized you'd yell at me. Yes, I would. There's a Gmail plugin out there that will help you do the emotional labor of writing emails, and it's called <laughs> it's called emotional labor. And okay. uh, it will add phrases like, uh, hey, lovely, I've been thinking of you to your outbound emails. Now, I can see this is fairly useful for sociopaths who have yeah. no emotions. Well, first off, I I think everybody would be really freaked out if they got an email from me that said, hello, lovey. I think so, too. I would definitely be. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh, Brian's hit the scotch. That's about it. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I get surly after the scotch. Oh, that's true. It'd be, hey, hey, fuck nuts. Well, that's actually, Ooh, no, that's normal. That plug-in. <laughs> that's I'm normal. Go write, I'm going to go write the Grumpy Old Geek's Emotional Labor plugin. Uh, it's called, hey, fuck nuts. <laughs> There's another one I found called Grammarly. This has been out for a long time, but Mm -hmm. uh, I gave it a shot this week. Uh, It it automatically shows what you're writing and will give you suggestions to make it more uh, grammatically correct. Because a friend of the show, Bob, is a grammar Nazi. And I don't use that term lightly. It's true. He is. So anything that I can do to uh, go to battle with Bob with, I I prefer. But uh, I haven't needed it that much. I guess all the years of getting yelled at by Bob have actually made my grammar better. I have noticed, though, I have noticed on the snippets from articles that we get from the mainstream media that we paste into our show notes, a lot of them are highlighted that could be a lot better. So, yeah, well, the uh, the government could also use that. I don't know if you've pasted in any of their releases. No, I should. Oh, that would be fun. Oh, we should try that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, the Betsy Davos School of Education going on over there. So, oh, my God. Now, 
I found a demo this week by my friend Kevin Rose for the June oven. Yes. This is a smart oven. Well, let's uh, it, it's a toaster oven, basically. It's a it's a, yeah, basically it's well, no, not basically. It is it, the, is. it is it is a toaster oven of the future. <laughs> it is a, a $1,500 $1, toaster oven. It's a toaster oven with Wi-Fi with a touch screen on the front with a display on it. Edge to edge glass, completely insulated so you can touch it without burning your little fingers. It's got a camera inside so it can tell what the food is that you just shoved into it. Yes, because I forgot already that I put a steak in there. Well, the thing is, it cooks it for you. So you just stick the little probe and it tells you when to flip the meat and then you take it out and you eat it. It doesn't flip it for you for 1500 bucks. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Why too. did it not build in like a little rotating thing? Because uh, then it would be 2500 bucks. Oh, uh, OK. Gotcha. Here's my conundrum with this. If you are smart enough to have made enough money to spend $1,500 on a fucking toaster oven, are you not smart enough to cook a steak? Apparently not. OK. I, I can't imagine that this is going to go well. Here's the thing. It's made by a bunch of Apple engineers. Well, of course it is. That's why it's $1,500. <laughs> yes, the iBake. They should have just called it the iBake. I don't know why it's called the June, but I, and I wasn't going to spend that much more time on it. We've got Kevin's review in the notes, which is pretty uh, in-depth. Yeah. And the steak does look good, but uh, I'm not spending 1500 bucks on a fucking toaster oven. No. I'm also not going to spend any money on Kayla, a network-connected doll that spies on children. A, because I don't have any children to spy on. And B, I would probably be shoved in jail for for some kind of crime for buying yes. a doll. This would not be good. Apparently, this is in Germany, your 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 land. Yeah, they've they've told people to destroy the Kayla, destroy. Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> uh, it uh, phones home, and people can just uh, basically spy on your kids. Yeah. So yeah, the German Federal Network Agency, the Begutskigdal. <laughs> uh, basically said that this doll's pretty messed up and you probably don't want to have this around your kid. Uh, it can, it's not terribly different from an Amazon Echo. Not at all. It responds to user questions by accessing the internet. Uh, if a child asks the doll, what is a little horse called? Or, was ist ein kleines Pferd genannt? The doll can then <laughs> reply, it's called a foal. Or, es heißt Fohlen. I yes. just wanted to show off some German there. So. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you didn't look that up at all and find the pronunciation for it. I didn't do the pronunciation. I did make sure that I actually got the words correct. Okay. Does it protect against daddy? What's a reach around? I'm not doing that in German. <laughs> okay. Eddie. I don't get reaching. <laughs> I'm, I'm 99% sure that's not correct. Uh, I got an email to join a new private network, Jason, this week. Uh, Mixer, the private network for creatives. Ah, you're, you're management, dude. You're not creative. Wendy's a creative one. I used to be creative. I don't want to be creative anymore. I want to be management. So, but yeah, Mixer, the private network for creatives. Uh, I took a look at joinmixer.com and said, uh, no, thanks. Oh, so you're not going to mix it up. Well, I don't think you really need another network. A. No. And no. Uh, B, you're a stay at home dad now. So who are you going <laughs> to network with? The other stay at, I need stay at home dad, but it could still be called Mixer, meaning we go meet for a mixer for lunch and mix our drinks. Okay, but then you'd have to remove the E. You can only have one vowel. You can make the, make the I a swizzle stick and get rid of the E. Ooh, that's nice. I think we just made a new app. See, I'm a creative. Uh, they should invite me. I, I'm, well, I'm, I, I, you can just go to joinmixer.com. I don't believe you actually need an invite. 
Okay. Well, there is one that you do need an invoice, invoice, invite invoit. for. Uh, it's John Voight Social Network. You have to be a Voight. <laughs> and everybody gets to go make fun of his daughter on it. <laughs> um, I saw this on the new episode of Billions, which actually premieres. To, well, by the time this airs, it will have premiered yesterday huh. on C- on season two, episode one. It's called Raya. Okay. What's that? And it is an exclusive platform for people in the creative industries. Wait, hold on. Mixer is the private network for creatives. Raya is an exclusive platform for people in creative industries. Haven't anybody figured out that there is no market for limited social networks? No, I guess not. Guess not. Okay. Well, these people got big props on billions, so I think they'll probably win over Mixer. People are going to be searching around. Who's Raya? I I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I'm, I'm a little terrified by one sentence in their pitch here. Our application process reviewed by an anonymous global committee yep. exists to maintain that ideal. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Black Tribunal will tell yes. you if you can be Raya. The Star Chamber. That's who I was thinking of, the process. Star Chamber. <laughs> that movie doesn't have legs. No. Oh, really? No. Oh, that's sad. Okay. <laughs> uh, finally, because Snapchat is about to be worth... $40 billion, even though they only have 158 million people who use Snapchat on a daily basis. Uh, and nobody really understands how it works. And they didn't actually connect, collect registration data for the first like three years they were in existence. They don't really have demographics on the vast majority of their regular hardcore users. But yet they're still worth 4 to $5 billion, $22 billion. Oh my shit, that's like a billion dollars per person that they actually have registration data on i think (laughs) Um, anyways the point being there's now about to be worth that much money and they're going public so they've created a how to use snapchat video for wall street so you can learn how to swipe around their non-existent interface i went and watched a little bit of it this morning and it was so mind-numbingly boring the fact that uh that they actually believe that showing somebody how to vomit a rainbow is going to be worth a couple more billion dollars in their pockets is, is frightening to me but hey it's you know it's not my world. They're winning, not me. Media candy. We've discussed in the past couple of weeks that uh, there's no real taking, or there's there there is taking sides politically. There's no straddling the fence at this point in time in the world. Um, you you go after one group or you go after the other. Um, apparently, this is true even for TV. Jimmy Fallon has basically been straddling the line. Um, he's not taking a side. In fact, he actually got in some degree of trouble for normalizing uh, President Trump by playing with his hair. Yeah, uh, but did you see his show this week? I did not. He has finally taken a side. Well, whose side is he on? He's on our side, Brian. He's a he's a resistor. He's a resistor. Well, this could be because Stephen Colbert is starting to beat the crap out of him in ratings, and Stephen <laughs> Colbert has definitely picked a side. <laughs> So that's what this story is about from the Washington Post. The anti-Trump experiment is starting to work. So Colbert has been very anti-Trump for quite a while, um, including uh, if you watch the show that he did for the election, it's almost painful. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it's almost in tears. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good show. But here's the I mean, this is definitely pointing out what what we've been talking about, which is uh, you you can't straddle the fence anymore. People don't like it. They, uh, you want you got to pick a side one way or the other. So you're Breitbart or Sane. Your choice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's been knocking out of the park. They've been pretty funny. This one I put in for you because you're the Stephen King fan, which I don't understand. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, except I'm not a fan of Stephen King series or movies most of the time. 
Oh, uh, he's got a new he's got a new series coming on Hulu. Oh, yeah. OK. With J.J. Abrams. This is their second oh. collaboration. What was the first? Eleven dot twenty two dot sixty three, which would be oh. November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. I added it to my Hulu queue. Or I'm sorry. They use watch list. I can I can yes. never keep up with which service has which bucket yes. for my shit to go in on the website. It only gave me an option for the first episode and there was a link to buy like spend more money to get the rest of them and i'm like i'm already spending money with hulu so i'm gonna go have to check the hulu app which works about 30 percent of the time lately it almost never loads properly i gotta restart it three or four times craps out in the middle of a show and god forbid you want to pause fast forward or rewind and then mm-hmm. you're just no it just it, it ain't happening so the Hulu app has been really causing problems. And I tried it on the Roku and on the Apple TV with the same results. So this would be a back end issue. Right. OK. Yeah, I, I don't actually have Hulu, so I'll never see this anyways. But uh, I, I did like the book that the original Hulu series that they did uh, was based on. So with J.J. Abrams involved, maybe I should go back and take a look at that. Um, but I don't really it doesn't seem that this new series is based on any specific book. It looks like it's going to just be some sort of new thing, which will be interesting. Yeah, because so. did you watch the teaser trailer? No, no, I did not. The teaser trailer is basically just a bunch of names from other shows. Yeah, because so many of his stories are kind of based in the same geographical area and world. So that makes sense. But uh, we'll see. Well, I won't see because I don't have Hulu. So, well, there's always Sweden. There is always Sweden. Uh, Apple is getting in the original content game. And boy, does their first offering sound like a doozy. (laughs) I thought you were going to say a douchey because it looks like that, too. Planet of the Apps. We have a bunch of people that don't have enough money already. Jessica Alba, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Will I Am, all who are worth ridiculous amounts of money, telling people why their app ideas are terrible. This is just what the world needed. Well, there's technically four people on there. Don't forget Gary Vaynerchuk, because he's the actual... Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, who was the only who? guy in there with a brain. So, Well, they could have had us for cheap. Yes, they could have, but uh, <laughs> they got Gary instead. Gary, Gary, Gary's a good guy. I, I, I like him. He's been on he's been on all my shows that I've worked on. So, yeah, so I have zero interest in the show and probably will not be watching it. But uh, I do. I mean, just here's the level of writing that's involved. Instead of an elevator pitch, developers and entrepreneurs make an escalator pitch. Yes. While on an actual escalator. Oh, this is a winner. <sighs> I I watched the trailer and I, I, I got a third of the way through and then I kind of scrubbed a little bit because I'm like, no, this is this is Horrible. like ghetto Shark Tank. Not even close. And and they, you know, show them working on the apps. I'm like, I do not want to watch a TV show where I watch people work in an in an industry that I ran screaming and kicking from. So, no. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So an important news for us, except for the fact that there's absolutely no news whatsoever in this entire statement. <laughs> uh, Eddie Q is uh, now working over at Apple on the podcast area and is uh, saying that Apple is working on new features for podcasts. What new features? We have no idea. When will they come? We don't know. Are they interested in podcasts? Sure we are. Are they full of crap? Sure they are. They are working on it. There have been job listings for other positions, and I do know some people on the inside that they are they're they're staffing up in on the podcast team, which is good. Yes, it's good. I get stats would be nice. Can we get play stats, please? Stats? Something like that. Uh pay for play would obviously make a lot of sense too. No, uh, no, it makes no sense. No. Okay, it doesn't make sense. Sure, it doesn't make sense. Well, everybody, I know, it's 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 the old paywall problem. You know, there nobody are tons pays of people for people making a living doing it. <laughs> Who? Oh, God. All right, Mister Podcaster. 
Yeah, tell me. Give me a name. Give me a name. <sighs> Let me do research right now. Let's pause the podcast. Give me five minutes, and I'll come back to you with a whole shitload of names, Jason. <laughs> okay, next week, I want the names. I'll, I'll cut you a break right now, but... Uh, oh, thanks for cutting me a break. Yeah. Sorry, this is my, yeah. it's my field, oh, yeah. motherfucker. No, it's your field, My field, motherfucker. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, whatever. This 10-hour recording of the Arctic icebreaker noises is much better than listening to our podcast 99% of the time. Uh, actually, uh, sorry, it's the year's best ambient album. I listen to it. I like it. It's good. Yeah, this was on Boing Boing like three weeks ago, so I, I skipped it, but I did listen to like a few minutes of it. But the problem was I couldn't download it from any of the YouTube scraper services because it's too damn long. So I, I can't listen to it while I sleep because I'm not going to leave my laptop there because fruit juice will yell at me. That's true. Fruit juice would yell at you. You don't want that. Daniel Ash and Kevin Haskins are reuniting, which I'm very excited about, as Pop Tone. Daniel Ash and Kevin Haskins, of course, originally from Bauhaus. Uh, they were both in Tones on Tail together. They were also both in Love and Rockets together. Uh, Kevin Haskins' brother, David J., being the third member of Love and Rockets and also originally in Bauhaus, is not coming back. We don't know why. Uh, but Kevin Haskins' daughter, Diva, is a bass player. So she will be coming in and playing bass. And they will be touring and playing uh, music from all of the previous groups that they were in, which is very exciting stuff. Do you have your tickets yet? Details have not been released. I actually just found out today that their first show will be at a studio space here called, uh, well, I'm not going to tell people because I want to make sure I get my tickets. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, uh, I was, I was going to have to like bleep it if you said it just to save you from yourself. I'm like, maybe the cold meds aren't or working too well if he's going to actually name the secret spot. <laughs> I almost said where it was going to be. I can't do that. Uh, so they will be announcing a full tour this summer, though. So I'll, I highly recommend going and seeing them. I'm sure they'll hit Chicago, Jason. So this would be well worth it, I think. Uh, yes, I won't be going, but uh, I'm glad they're coming. OK. I know many people that will go. I just don't like going to shows anymore. I'm too oh, damn God, old. You're an old man. Yeah. After after doing Riot Fest and a couple of local shows, I'm just like, you know what? I've been there, done that. I don't care anymore. Okay. I did watch Gringo, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee this week. Well, one of us had to. How'd it go? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely watch this because I think you will get a kick out of it. I The, the problem with talking about this documentary is you can't say anything about it without ruining the unbelievable holy shit moments that come with it all right if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about but yeah it's uh you honestly head over to sweden <laughs> grab a copy or go to showtime.com and get their free trial for uh 14 or 30 some days and watch it for free yep it really it it was so much better than i thought it was going to be that uh, I just I tell everybody about it. Now, you got to go watch this thing. I feel like this is something I should watch while I'm still on cold meds. Oh, yeah, definitely. OK. All right. <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's enlightening in many, many very, very unexpected ways. So anyway, Weird Al is finally coming mm -hmm. out with Squeezebox, the complete works of Weird Al, 14 albums. And a bonus album containing unreleased and rare tracks. It'll be coming out uh, later this year in November. But he has released a new track called Pac-Man, the parody of Taxman by the Beatles. Nice. And I liked it. I thought it was cute. So the video will, for that will be in the show notes. Check it out. And uh, definitely, uh, if you're a Weird Al fan, order up. Who isn't? I mean, Weird Al is, a, is an institution at this point. He really is. Moron of the Week. This Moron of the Week is for you, Brian. Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro is the Moron of the Week. Something I never thought I would say. 
Yeah, he's had this tendency for a long time, unfortunately. <laughs> the fact that Robert F. F. Kennedy Jr. Is, is so into this movement is disturbing to me as well. So what it is, is uh, Robert De Niro and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. have announced a $100,000 challenge to prove the safety of vaccines. We need a debate, Kennedy declared. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, there has been a debate. The scientists won, period. Yeah. Hey, this is one of those this is one of those issues that got us a one star rating and people yelling at us before we were anti-Trump. Uh, yes. That? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we just get anti-Trump one stars. I, I actually went through our ratings and I was very, quite proud of all our one stars. We, we, yeah. If we're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. Exactly. Exactly. I think we're, we're probably getting we're probably getting less one stars because we have less listeners now. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, people happens but yeah, yeah robert de niro man i was i was saddened by that one yeah i i don't get it i don't we have bigger problems shouldn't we be solving uh you know how about a hundred thousand dollar challenge to come up with a cure for cancer yeah there you go Why, how about we do that yeah. instead of this um i did I mean, notice I, I noticed that you put in the penn and teller's uh vaccination video from bullshit in the show I, notes so it has to anytime this comes up i think this is the number one this is the only thing i even ever even post on people's things like when they start talking about anti-vax i just post this no comment that's all you need it's all you yep. need so we have a hero of the week Yay. Uh, an officer at the Department of Defense has apparently heard enough of Nickelback and has Ooh. banned playing terrible rock groups in the command post, not just <laughs> during work hours, it clarified, but at all times. And they singled out five groups. And would you like to read off the other other four? I, I do find it funny. Uh, uh, Smash Mouth, Creed, Slipknot and Corn. Now, first off, Smash Mouth doesn't even really fit in stylistically, but I am glad they're banned because... <laughs> Who the hell wants to hear Rockstar one more time? Uh, yeah, good stuff. I, I kind of never had a problem with corn, but uh, I didn't either. I, I still don't. I, I still don't think I have a problem with corn. But, you know, I think I think we can all agree that, yeah, Nickelback in, in, should be out of government work. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, you know, leave it to the Mounties. Yeah. Personally, I'd put Pearl Jam in there, but I'll probably get stoned for saying that. <sighs> they have their own station on Sirius. <laughs> so you can listen to nothing but Pearl Jam 24 seven. How exciting would that be? <laughs> that's why I, that's why I canceled my subscription. Yeah. Uh, I have another hero of the week. And I actually think this guy should this guy's in the running for hero of the week as much as Kanye is in the running for for moron of the week. Uh, Don Lemon. Remember his uh, New Year's Eve coverage where he just got drunk? He got so drunk in the hot tub. That was amazing. I watched that live and we were just cracking up. So I I think he's definitely in the running for ongoing hero of the week. Uh, This time he basically walked off a segment of his own show. Yep. Because uh, they were talking about something that's just straight up financials. They were talking about the financials of how much it is costing the American taxpayer for for Trump's vacations, uh, Obama's vacations. So it was it was bringing in real news from both sides. And of course, the one guy from the right wing was just saying this is all fake news stories. And he's like, how is this fake news? We're talking straight financial reports of what's going on. Well, I believe it's fake. And he just said, all right, thank you, everyone. I'm off. But he also in, in between that, though, he did not just shut him down and say we're, we're shutting down. He explained to him what fake news was. Yes. yes. And, you know, that's the part. And then as soon as he said, now, with that being said, what do you what, what what's your take on it? He goes, fake news. Boom. Done. Drops the mic, leaves the studio. I think that's what people need to start doing at this point. It's all right. We're not going to let you broadcast this crap. Yep. Good on you, yep. Don. Good, Good on, on you, Don. Don. Hopefully he hit the hot tub with some tequila and was kicking it for the rest of the night. Ah, God, I love that guy. That New Year's clip is the best. We got to find that one and throw that in. Brick a brick. 
we've talked a lot before about Patrick Smith, a uh, former airline pilot and the author of Cockpit Confidential, which is a book I believe I got you to read and massively helped with your fear of flying. I love that book. I listen to it every time I have to fly, which will be fairly soon, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, every time I fly, I just pop his book on in audio format and it makes me uh, not I, I, I need like two less vodka and tonics. Let's just say that I still need like one or two, but I don't need four or five. Well, that's a start. Mm-hmm. So uh, bits and pieces of his uh, his books are starting to kind of make the rounds out there like they do. So I stumbled across one, which is what does your flight number mean? And I find this kind of stuff interesting. Um, so I threw it in here just so you know. Obviously, the first two letters uh, is the carrier's two letter code DL for Delta that sort of thing, AA for American. Uh, I did not know this part. Uh, Flights going eastbound or north are assigned even numbers. Hmm. Those headed west or south get odd numbers, with some exceptions, obviously. Uh, Return flights between destinations are often assigned numbers that is one higher or lower than the outbound flight. That I I knew, yeah. I I did not. I just went back and looked at some of my tickets. I was like, oh, who knew? Okay, that's cool. Uh, The lower the number, the more prestigious the flight route is for that particular airline. One or two digit numbers are typically assigned to the popular routes of the long distance variety. Basically, the big money makers for airlines always have the lower numbers and uh, flight numbers made up of four or three digits uh, are basically indication of code share flights. So that's all super interesting. Gets a little bit even deeper than that. If you want to follow the link in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. No, I knew the I knew the uh, the round trip one because I always look at the uh, my flights on the flight tracker app mm-hmm. and you can see where it's coming from and where it's going. And I just I kind of deduced that over the years. Uh, by the way, this, those flight tracker apps nowadays are just awesome. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I've, I've got flight tracker pro and I think that's the one I've got. It was like, you know, 15 or 20 bucks. And I I never keep it on my phone. But when I fly, I go redownload it and reauth it. And because uh, <laughs> who needs a, you know, a. 100 megabyte app on your phone when you fly like once a year or twice a year. But I highly recommend that one. I should I'll I'll try and dig up that and put it in the show notes because uh, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, So while I was bouncing around that same site, I found that story on. I found this is an old story, but it's too good not to include. Uh, This happened uh, on a Saturday night in 2012. A search party was organized in Iceland to hunt for a woman who had apparently failed to return to her tour bus. Uh, The tour bus in question had stopped near Iceland's canyon. Uh, The woman in question took the opportunity to go freshen up and change clothes. Uh, She reboarded the bus in new clothes. The rest of the passengers did not realize it was her. They became alarmed that she'd gone missing. Uh, The driver waited an hour before the police were called where then things escalated. A search party was convened. A search of the area took place, joined by over 50 people, some in vehicles and some on foot. The Coast Guard was alerted, and the search went on for several hours. It was around 3 in the morning that the woman everyone thought was missing was actually helping them in the search. Once she realized that she was the person that they were looking for, she informed the police. Whoa! (laughs) So apparently uh, buses in... It was a tour bus. It wasn't like Greyhound. It wasn't like ice. No, hound. no. This is like if you, you know, you go on a vacation and you go on one of the package tours, right? Man, how? Oh, I, I, I just don't even want to. That's awesome. <laughs> I oh. would be so pissed if I was one of the people on that damn tour. Oh my god! Yeah, I would. I, I would have gone back to the cliff and thrown her off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, we have a new bowling green massacre on our hands. I heard about this. This time it's in Sweden. <laughs> Yep. So Trump actually talked about a uh, an incident that happened in Sweden uh, the night before last. So uh, apparently it never happened. Of course, nobody is aware of any terrorist attack in Sweden unless somebody shot PewDiePie 
and uh, hasn't hit the fake mass media news yet. But the internet has responded as the internet only can. <laughs> and uh, this Mashable article has a bunch of the tweets, and you can probably check it. There are probably hashtags for it. But I just watched. I looked at the tweets in the uh, in the the article, and I was already cracking up too much. So R.I.P. Swedish Chef. Ah, yes, the Swedish chef. Uh, my favorite one was the ABBA one, though. Four people found missing since the 70s. <laughs> the picture of ABBA. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we're all going to die, Jason. Of course we are. Under the west of the USA, there is a lake of molten carbon that was discovered by scientists at the University of Royal Holloway in London, 350 kilometers under the surface. The molten carbon covers an area of 1.8 million square kilometers, which is basically as big as Mexico. So there, there's, there's Montezuma's revenge for the wall coming now. Well, here's the thing about this. This is not new. I don't know how they just discovered it because the, the, the giant volcano in Yellowstone has been known about forever. I don't think that they knew how big this thing was. Yeah, they, well, they may have just got a better size of it, but we've known it's there forever. It was even in the Long Earth. They 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 talk about it in the Long Earth when on Earth One, Yellowstone erupted, and that's why they couldn't go back and forth. But I'm I'm just going to state for the record that moving forward, one shouldn't choose a piece of fiction as proof that somebody knew something about the real world. No, but I knew about it before that. That's why I liked it in the book because it was factual. I'm just saying, don't use it as a reference point. Well, I'm trying to get some Amazon links here, motherfucker. Uh, somebody's got to eat. I was trying to be subtle about it. <laughs> we don't do subtle on Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> no, we don't. Feedback loop. Thank you to new Patreon subscribers, Jason Schroeder and Ralph Mason. Thank you so much. Woohoo! We love your money. We love, love, love it. And Ralph Mason wrote over on our website, GOG.show. Uh, he says, love the show. You mentioned the PETA it is to host stuff. That would be pain in the ass for people who don't understand acronyms. There you go. Highly recommend looking DigitalOcean and learning Docker. I, after not doing anything for several years at that time on OpenShift, was amazed how simple and cheap it was. $5 per month node app up and running with a bunch of whole technical stuff. MongoDB, so firewalling, yeah. If you're into this sort of stuff, go read this in the show notes. Um, and the, he provided us with a $10 credit if you want to try it out. So I assume that works for just about anybody so there you go yep thank you very much we'll have that in the show notes and uh i use linode for all of my stuff and that's where gog.show is hosted uh really fast ssd based linux systems and you can pick and choose which flavor you want it's still a pain in the ass because you just get a raw system but uh yeah if you're yep. interested in what we use and why it's a pain in the ass we use linode <laughs> because it's and it's not because linode's a pain in the ass it's because we get raw linux systems and yep. doing the all that stuff Next one comes from Sebastian Kulin. He says, hey, guys, I subscribed to you about five episodes ago, but you're already one of my favorites. I'm a physicist at the RWTH Aachen University in Germany and just thought you might find my project interesting. Using the smartphone sensors for physics experiments. Measure the speed of an elevator using your phone's barometer. Determine the speed of sound with two phones or measuring centrifugal acceleration by putting your phone in a salad spinner. No, I'm nice. not putting my phone in a, a salad spinner. Uh, it's rented. Um, it's mostly for educational purposes, but why expensive measuring instruments when each student already has one? It's free and it's geeky as heck. That is very cool. I do like that. Yeah, he gave us a link that we will also have in the show notes. Thank you very much, Sebastian, and welcome yeah. to welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. Welcome to the show. And yeah, I love that. I go watch the videos. This is great stuff. So very cool. A little homemade uh, MythBusters going on there. Nice. 
So over at iTunes, we uh, we finally got some ratings again. So thanks so much, uh, two of you guys who went and did this because we'd been dry for a bit, except for the one stars from the Trumpers who hate us. So <laughs> we got a five star rating, a uh, little bit of everything for an old geek. This is from Patch Holiday. Brian and Jason don't pull any punches on the idiocracy in which we find ourselves or on each other. That's true. We no. we fight all the time. Yeah, because Neil Gaiman still fucking rocks and Dune sucks. But eh, here we go. Moving on categorically wrong they give a good overview of the major things happening in the tech world and delve into their individual interests in apps and media books movies and music i never would have found my current favorite author scalzi good choice man if not for the podcast sometimes i agree with them sometimes i don't but i always appreciate their perspective on this technological nightmare we've created for ourselves well thanks patch holiday thanks patch holiday next one comes from yoda jinx another five star i i never left a review before because itunes is such a horrible app sad (laughs) well and the title is the best podcast so thank you yoda jinx and we're sorry we had you had to use itunes and we we apologize for everybody that has to use itunes to leave us a review uh it is terrible but we really do appreciate you taking the time to do it if you want your question or comment read on the show head over to gog.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air and don't forget to go to itunes and leave us a five-star review pretty please So my shout out goes out to SpaceX. They had to scrub their launch yesterday, but this morning I tuned in at the exact right time serendipitously and uh, saw the launch and it was flawless. Watched it take off, watched the first stage come back and land. It was so much fun. And uh, congrats to them because the, the cool part about this one is this is the first launch from Launch Complex 39A at Kennedy Space Center. Because they have not used that since the space shuttle program has shut down and this, the whole like complex was leased to SpaceX by NASA for 20 years. So hopefully we'll be seeing some good space stuff come out of that, uh, that launch complex. Very cool. I heard about the, the launch being scrubbed. I did not know that they had done it successfully because I basically rolled out of bed and started the podcast and didn't check Twitter. So, yeah, I, I rolled out of bed at five and I was, I just happened to I like literally turned it on when there was, it was T minus two minutes Nice. and, and watched the whole launch. And the, the thing about that is like, takes seven minutes. It, it's like it, it launches and then the first stage lands like 10 feet away. It's so <laughs> much fun. The The un, unfortunate side of this one was it was a really cloudy day. So the rocket went up and then there was like, like a two minutes of just looking at the dials and hoping that you didn't see a big flash in the sky because it was you could they couldn't track the rocket because it was a totally overcast day. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Can't can't all be sunshine and rainbows, right? Nope. Nope. They sure can't. But at least it wasn't an explosion. Yes. Good job. And of course, uh, Jason and I both want to, you know, give our sincere thought. Our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that was affected by what happened in Sweden last night. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bork, yes. bork, 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 bork. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I am Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support where you'll find all of the ways you can support the show and keep us on the air. To learn more about all of the people who make the show possible, head over to GOG.show slash about. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show slash 197. He who controls the spice controls the universe.